Hey guys, this is Georgia with Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to That One Time I Was Abducted by Aliens with Jamie and Bree. You're listening to That One Time I Was Abducted by Aliens. I'm Jamie. I'm Bree, and we're two sides of the coin. Guys, welcome back to yet another episode of that one time I was abducted by aliens. What's in store for tonight? This is our Thanksgiving episode, and we're going to be doing something a little bit special here. Now, we're not going to be having an episode being released next week, the day after Thanksgiving, because guys, we have to get ready for Thanksgiving. There's no way we could uh, record and edit an episode that week, so we're doing our Thanksgiving one before. Yeah, and we're a little bit inspired by the whole Thanksgiving story, and if other crazy shit has happened also in that area and side note today is the anniversary of jfk's assassination oh rest in peace rip moment of silence Okay, so before we jump into this episode, I do want to say, for the people who maybe just listen to the beginnings of our episodes and don't go all the way to the end, we are announcing a little bit of a surprise at the end of our episode today. So I do want to let everyone know that you want to stick around until the very end this time because we have some exciting news. Juicy stuff. So in the season of Thanksgiving, we've decided where else to start but then with where Thanksgiving first happened itself. Now, I will say there's a little bit of controversy when it comes to where the real first Thanksgiving happened and it's actually a debate within like the history community about whether it happened actually on Thanksgiving Day or a few days before because technically Thanksgiving is like the prayer and not necessarily like the meal part of it so it's like we're even starting off with a little conspiracy here there we go in Massachusetts Massachusetts if you guys don't know I call Massachusetts Massachusetts because I can't say Massachusetts (laughs) Really, I can't. So I've always called it Massachusetts. No offense to the people who live in Massachusetts. It's just apparently I have a speech impediment when it comes to only saying the word Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Unless it's like alien well, yeah. or demon. Okay. All right. Let's maybe not get Orch. into. Maybe let's not get into I mean. all of my <laughs> ways that I can't pronounce things correctly. So what is in Massachusetts <laughs> that? So we all know this is where the first English settlers stepped foot on this land, right? Mm -hmm. The colonists? Colonists. England came over here and murdered a bunch of people. And when they got off the boat, they were like, damn, let's go to Massachusetts. There we go. The first place they stepped on was like, this is the new world. That was in the, what, 1620? Yeah, it was a very fucking long time ago. Very long time ago. They were famished from murdering a bunch of Native Americans. And so they thought, you know what? What a great way to end this beautiful evening than by having a beautiful meal that we give thanks for because we're just a bunch of murderers and robbers. Did you know there was only four women? Other than other than children and stuff, there was only four women. Everyone else died. So the first thing I think of when it comes to that, and this is going to be really weird, but the first thing that comes to mind is they had to have some weird incest shit mm-hmm. going on, which means that like our ancestors and shit were probably had like you know one long leg, one short. Wow. Maybe well, missing they were a married. Thumb. Supposedly they were I mean, married, but you know. But at the end of it, there's only you four. Gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, if you get to the end and there's only four ladies and like twelve men. I mean, realistically. But then a second ship came. But didn't they all die Actually, soon there's too? two more ships that came. I mean, eventually the whole world came. Yeah. All right. Well, this isn't about (laughs) fucking Thanksgiving, obviously, guys. We're going to be talking some spooky aliens. And, you know, when I was investigating into Massachusetts... 
I stumbled upon a lot of weird shit that happened in this state. Like, I'm not gonna lie. There's like multiple books written specifically about this state and all the weird shit that happens here. But I think for this episode, we're gonna focus in on one specific big giant area called the Bridgewater Triangle. So the Bridgewater Triangle is roughly a 200 square mile place in southeastern Massachusetts, which is the alleged site of paranormal phenomenons, including, but not limited to, UFOs, poltergeists, orbs, balls of fire, Bigfoot, giant snakes, and something called Thunderbirds. It's definitely a hot spot for this type of spiritual energy. It's everything, the unexplained, the paranormal, and the frightening. Well, and did you know that this is actually the first place where like the first official UFO sighting happened in 1760? Yeah, it made the newspaper. Yeah, it was May 10th at 10 a.m. and there was a sphere of fire hovering over this area of the Bridgewater Triangle. And it was witnessed by like tons of people. They could see it from like hella towns away. Obviously didn't take any pictures. We're in the 1760s, guys. But this is like the first big like mass sighting of a UFO this way back in time. That's pretty important. You know, come to think of it, this is the only state also that had its own memorial to the Thomas Reed story and all that, even though they took it down this year, which is too bad. They did, which is, you know, when I was looking into Massachusetts episode, I stumbled upon that, but we'll get back to that case at a later time. So really what brought the Bridgewater Triangle kind of front and center to the world was a man named Lauren Coleman, who was a cryptozoologist, paranormal researcher, and he wrote a book called Mysterious America. And in this book, he claimed the Bridgewater Triangle Triangle, the Bridgewater Triangle. It was never called anything like that. Although all of these paranormal things that are happening in this area, no one ever kind of lumped it all together and called it something. So he was the first person to bring attention to it. We love shapes, you know. The points of this triangle are the towns Freetown, Abington, and Rehoboth. What is it about the triangles, man? You got like the Bermuda Triangle, the Catalina Triangle, the Bridgewater Triangle. It's very interesting. I think there might even be another triangle actually in Vermont. And I want to say it's like Bennington Triangle. We'll have to wait for a Vermont episode. something like that. But something about these triangle, I mean, you know, obviously I believe in sacred geometry and all that kind of stuff. So it has to play into it somehow. We're going to have to do a sacred geometry episode too as well. I was thinking about that earlier today. Although there are some debates on the shape of this area area in general because there's also phenomena that happens on the outskirts you know like the surrounding towns well I think that we can also when it comes to like a precise drawn line let's be realistic guys that changes all the time it just like the Bermuda Triangle it's not like there's one certain parallel you go over and it's like oh no only bad things happen here I'm sure it bleeds out and you know maybe over time it's getting bigger that's true all right so what are some of these weird things that are happening inside of this Bridgewater Triangle Brie well you named just a few but I personally think one of the biggest stories and events that happened in history, which in my opinion, I can completely see how this kind of started all of this. Mm -hmm. Again, we know this is where the colonists settled. And then in 1675, there was a war between the indigenous people, the natives and the colonists called the King Philip's War. This is pretty much because they're pissed off, right? We, we take their land, we write treaties, we don't honor them, kind of suppression over time, right? Mm -hmm. So this tribe 
gathered together to fight against the colonists. And really, they went and attacked all kinds of colonies. It was a brutal war. I think I heard that percentages-wise, there was more deaths than any other war. Yeah, I I saw some kind of numbers where it was like, colonist-wise, you know, maybe 50 people died compared to like 3,000 Native Americans kind of deal. So it was like, I mean, this was a bloodbath, guys. This was like, this isn't something that was like, oh, they were going toe-to-toe. It was like, no, no, no. They went in and slaughtered. King Philip was a Wampanoag chief. He was actually sort of allies with some of the colonists. He then took on the name Philip because that's what the English people knew him as. So he started this whole war. He ends up being captured and his body was dragged through the swamp. He was beheaded, chopped up into pieces, put on a pike, and his head was kept in Fort Plymouth for about 20 years. And his wife and his children were sold into slavery. Brutal how that went down. Well, yeah, you know, you have a bunch of people dying in a very, very violent way, which if you look into ghosts or anything like that, the one thing that people say is where you find ghosts at is where like these horrible, you know, violent acts happen where people die. So we're starting right off the bat. This whole area is just covered Native American blood, which is probably like a cursed area now. You know what I mean? That's one of the theories is that because of these events that the Native Americans had cursed the land, even without the curse, I mean, like you were saying, with lots of violence, bloodshed, cruelty, those are the main ingredients for opening up a portal. Oh, for sure. Second in command to King Phillips was Anawan. So think of him as his successor. One of the hotspots for this paranormal activity, and it's a very well-known place, is called Anamon Rock. It's the place where Anawan was ambushed and where he surrendered to Captain Benjamin Writings say that when Anawan and Benjamin first came face to face, that he was screaming, Lutash, Lutash. And that meant stand to it and fight stoutly. King Philip had given Anawan his belt, and this was like his treasures, basically. It's supposed to represent the people, something that was passed down, something very important. But when Anawan was captured, this belt mysteriously disappeared. There's pictures, like drawings of them with the belt on, but the belt is actually missing. No one knows where this belt is. Can I guess where it is? Where? It is underneath the Catholic Church in wherever their stupid headquarters is. Oh, okay. The Vatican? There you go. One of the common reports of this area are people hear screams of Lutash, Lutash. Exactly Mm. what he was saying as he was being captured. So people feel that the haunting there is because the wampum belt is missing and that it will continue until it's returned. Actually, side note. Remember we were talking about the Bridgewater Triangle documentary. Mm -hmm. There's a part at the end where they're interviewing someone and they're telling the story of all of this and how, you know, people say until that bell is returned, there's this haunting because of what happened. Mm-hmm. And as he says that, the lighting goes out, like most of the lighting except for one light. Mm. And they're like, oh shit. You know, there's like background people that are filming yeah. like, oh my God, the light just went out because they're outside in the spot. Mm. And the guy turns his head and he's like, we hear you. We know if I could return it, I could. And then the last light goes off. Mm. And so it's just pitch black and everyone in the background is like freaking, freaking out. out. And he's the guy, the director guy is like, this was a brand new battery. I just put this in like before this take. Yeah. Everyone's tripping out about that. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. I do like that. But, yeah, that was captured on camera. 
people also see his ghostly apparition a lot when they're mm-hmm. over there in that area. Another ghostly apparition type of story that happens is known as the Route 44 Hitchhiker. Ooh. This description is your type. Okay, tell me. We, can I guess what his description is? Yes. Is he large? Yes. Is he bald? Oh, no. Oh, sorry. Okay. I give up. You go for it. <laughs> All right, so I'll take back the large and bald part. He is a red-headed, burly type of man. Think a lumberjack. Flannel shirt, Mm. and this beard is like overgrown. He's in work jeans, work boots. He's a lumberjack type of guy. I'm getting a little worked up over here. I know. When I heard, when you hear, when you hear the details, I'm like, this is Jamie's kind of guy. She would go looking for this guy. I would pick him up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So people see him when they're driving on this Route 44. Sometimes people just see him on the side of the road, but there are so many stories of people either letting him into the car and then he vanishes, or when they're driving, they look in their rear view mirror and all of a sudden he has appeared in their backseat. Mm. And then disappears. I'm into it. So many stories of this. So it's known as the Route 44 Redheaded Hitchhiker. I think we should go. I know you would love to do that. I really would. You'd be like, come on, I'll take you home. Please, please, anything. There's a lot of stories I read that were creepy. I mean, could you imagine just driving on the road and all of a sudden there's just a ghost either sitting next to you or just looking in your rearview mirror and they're right there. It sounds like a movie. Oh yeah, absolutely. Another road story is on the Copacut Road and there are tales of a mad truck driver. People will be driving on this road and all of a sudden a big truck, like I think a big semi-ish type of truck, quickly zooms behind them, flashing their lights and tries to run them off of the road. And then the truck disappears. Mm. We all know that truck drivers are assholes, so it's very possible. But I've heard stories like that before, and that's not the only place that I've heard stories of that. I've never heard of ghost vehicles before. Oh, I have. Really? This is the first story I read that I thought, how is there a ghost vehicle? I mean, I think there can be a ghost anything, realistically. There's ghost dogs. Because they are alive, they're sentient. Okay, but what if it's wearing like a collar? It's not just a ghost collar. But you get what I'm saying though? But maybe that spirit is attached to that vehicle and that's why it's bringing it with it. Because it would be a little bit weird if you just saw some weird dude like running after behind you with like some lights, like a flashlight flickering it. Get off the road! What could have happened for this ghostly figure? Maybe it's like we talked in our other episode when it's it's an imprint. Yeah. That could be the case, maybe. For sure. Just trying to run cars off the road. That maybe that's how he died. That freak the shit out of me. I read stories of people that were driving. The truck is literally next to them, trying to run them off the road. And it seems like a real situation until when the truck vanishes and they realize that the road isn't physically big enough for, for both of their cars. Yeah. Nuts. There's also a very well-known haunting location there, and it's at the Hornbine Schoolhouse. It looks familiar to the schoolhouse that we were talking about a couple episodes ago mm-hmm. where it's just one room schoolhouse. Mm-hmm. It was built in 1840s and people go and they see the teacher and they see a class full of students probably in their another, Victorian clothing. Probably another imprint. Maybe they were all slaughtered. But some people say that they're able to interact. That they'll Ooh. hear noises or that the teacher will look at them. Mm. Stuff like that. Interesting. You can go and visit this school. I believe it's on certain Sundays and also by appointment. Mm. So you can can go and you can investigate this church. 
So what you're saying is that we need to start a GoFundMe so we can go to Massachusetts and hope that somebody can teach me how to say Massachusetts properly. <laughs> Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Yes. Now the Freetown State Forest is a highly well known for not just paranormal activity but satanic activity. Well, and a lot of suicides happen there. Suicides and or satanic rituals. Murders. Mm-hmm. Cult activity. And this is all admitted. This is not alleged. Mm-hmm. This is, has been admitted by people that we're either in the cult or, you know, some of these satanic people have admitted to these things that they're doing there. It's very common to come across altars. Mm-hmm animals, dead animals. There's a lot of animal mutilations and it's a little bit up in the air about what it is because a lot of people blame, you know, the cults or the satanic people and a lot of other people say, nah, this is alien shit. The only reported case of where there was like a dozen cattle their calves that were mutilated and yes the blood was drained but that was not alien if you look at like they have videos and pictures of it Mm -hmm. and stuff this is a person doing that this Mm -hmm. is there's nothing alien about it in my opinion i think this was some type of weird cult that gathered all these poor innocent calves together and did some creepy creepy shit absolutely i just wonder if these are just people that want to be in a cult and want to be all satanic rather than real satanic people it seems like kind there were a like, lot of kids that were involved so like in you're talking things. like maybe like a little imposterish or like not people who were actually technically from the church of satan but you know maybe a group of teenagers got together and was like oh we like the devil exactly definitely mm. not the church of satan because in the book of satan you're not supposed to be killing people you're not even supposed to be killing animals very true that would be like against the book of satan now not the other offshoots of satanic groups you know Mm -hmm. like the nine angels or whatever they are those are the scary ones so i don't know but there's definitely been murders there is a body that was dug up in the cemetery there someone stole a head from one of the graves and brought it in there there were a little bit of a prostitution type of satanic cult that also conducted murders there there's underground bunker type of houses that have been discovered there We're in the middle of the fucking woods. All of a sudden you come across this creepy little cabin house and people go inside and there's creepy, creepy shit. Like little wooden chairs for like a very tiny child Mm -hmm. and like bones. You can only imagine the type of stuff that could be going on in a place like that. Well, you know, what's funny to me is as you're describing this, I have a thought of like, there's only two types of people in the world. There's either somebody who's going to be like, oh my God, this sounds so creepy. Or there's going to be someone who sounds like, oh my God, I want to go see it. And all I can think of as you're describing it is like, oh my God, I want to go there so bad. Let's go. Let's go investigate. Yeah, I don't know. (gasps) You wouldn't come with me? I mean, I don't want to stumble across any satanic people or satanic imposters that are really just evil people. I wouldn't want to come across anything like that. But Maybe if I had a lot of guns. But you could you could come across that just walking to the grocery store or something. But this place you know is I mean? known for being like high satanic type of activity. No, for someone who says that you're like about the ghost uh, life, as soon as anything comes up at you about <laughs> ghosts, you're like, oh, wait, never mind. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. Let me reevaluate. I mean, I'm just trying to be smart at the same time. I'm just not trying to go get murdered. Listen, YOLO. Let's bring back YOLO. First of all, it's Ippo. Oh, okay, explain. How do you not know Ippo? I've been saying this for years. Because when do I pay attention to things? In this body once. Everybody uh, knows Ippo. It could okay, go, Ippo. Ippo. So you're only in this so body not, once, you bitch. Yeah, it's not okay. that you only live once. You're only in this body once. Yes. Actually, it's not true. You live every single day. You only die once. 
I mean, if we want to be like super really into the nitty gritty science of it, we're living every single day, but we only die one day. Or nerd. No one mm. ever really dies. Mm. All right. All right. Yeah, we're sidetracking. <laughs> sidetrack, sidetrack. <laughs> Oh, man. So another place that's really deep within this area that has a lot of claims is the Hockamock Swamp, which uh, translates to the place where the spirits dwell. And I mean, everything happens here. The colonists called it the Devil Swamp. Oh, yeah. We're talking about, like, ghost sightings, obviously. Lots of, you know, Native American ghosts and things like that. You know, people going there and having spirits talk to them. Bigfoot. And not just like one or two, I mean like hundreds of people have claimed to see Bigfoot inside of this area. And the swamp seems to be maybe a place that's essential to him, maybe like a water source or something like that. But there's something about that area where, I mean, it's constant. You also have UFO sightings, orb sightings. Yeah, those phantom lights. Mm-hmm. That Which a lot of really people cool call swamp gas. Right. They could say it could be swamp, swamp gas. Swamp gas. I don't know about all that. No, there's tons of UFO sightings in that area. Tons. Well, and one of my favorite sightings in that area is going to be from a guy named Thomas Downey, who was a Norton police sergeant. And he was driving kind of along this swampy area, along the outskirts of town on his way home about two o'clock in the morning. And he looks up in front of him and he sees this giant thunderbird looking creature who's like standing there and it flaps its wings once and just like rises up and flies into the sky. This is a police officer. He immediately, as soon as he got home, went and reported it, but he saw it kind of like once it went up, it disappeared over the trees into the swamp area. Everybody made fun of him and called him like Birdman. A lot of people compare his sighting to like the Mothman prophecy stuff, which is super interesting to me. But the one emphasis he had when I looked into his story is that it didn't flap its wings like a bird. It flapped it once to raise itself and then it glided upwards. That sounds like it could be something crazy like La Lechusa that we talked Mm -hmm. about in this last episode Mm -hmm. where it's this giant bird. Yeah. Okay, so here's my question to you then. So let's say that Sergeant Thomas Downey right here absolutely saw whatever this thing was. Let's just, right now, we're going to buy into it. I mean, we're facting it, okay? He saw it. Is it a demon? Is it the Mothman? Is it just a giant Thunderbird? Or is it some type of alien? Like, what's your opinion on it? I'm going to go with Thunderbird. Like a prehistoric Thunderbird? Not even prehistoric. Native stories of these Thunderbirds that, like, resides in their, their tales that have been passed down. Because this was such a sacred native mm-hmm. area, and I personally feel like they claimed that land for all this stuff to happen, I feel like why not would that, why would that not be there? What if it's Anawan's spirit animal? I'm convinced that it's the blue avians. Did he say it was blue? No, but I'm just a thinking. A humanoid like bird? But I'm just thinking like, I'm thinking and like. And they don't have wings. Okay, well I'm. This is just what I've decided in my head, okay? We don't have to be re- I don't have to be realistic in this sense, okay? I think <laughs> I think that it's some type of alien that looks like a bird and the closest one that I'm going to call a name to is the blue avians, realistically, right? I mean, what other like bird-like alien species can you name off the top of your head right now? Top 5. See? None, okay? La Lechusa. So um, that's fine. So you're demoning it. That's fine. But I'm thinking... No, I'm thinking La Lechusa is like an alien or something. Okay. Well, I'm thinking some sort of like an alien and 
for some reason, just blue avians come to mind for me. Now, he never said it was blue. It was dark. Who knows? Um, he never said it was, like, bird-like or human-like. He just, the only thing he could describe it as was a thunderbird. That was, like, his whole thing. He's like, a thunderbird. Then why not something closer to the Mothman? See, I don't know. It's just, it's very interesting that he saw this. There are no super big, large pterodactyl-like birds in that area. And he specifically said this thing was six feet tall with a wingspan of anywhere from eight to 12 feet. It's huge. That's huge. I think it's because the portal that things are coming in and out. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Because there's been so many UFO sightings there, it's a possibility. I know that lots of officials come out in that town, actually, and freely talk about these things. Mm -hmm. It seems like it is an area where you're not looked at as a maniac or Mm -hmm. crazy because everyone else has had these crazy encounters as well. Yeah. That would be an awesome place to go, too. I mean, it's been in newspapers. Mm -hmm. People are still seeing sightings to this day. People are capturing orbs even on camera. Camera. I'm sure you can go on YouTube and find some videos, photographs that people are still capturing to this day. I mean, this place is calling in ufologists, cryptozoologists, paranormal investigators, you name it. People do tours there, paranormal type tours. And this is why there's so many books written about this state and this area. People claim this to be the biggest hotspot, like bigger than Skinwalker Ranch kind of hotspot. And I'm a little bit inclined to kind of sort of agree with it. And here's my reasoning. Skinwalker Ranch is super isolated. Not everyone experiences that. We're talking about an open area where anybody can go to, and it seems as almost everyone who goes there experiences something. That's very true. Everyone it calls in to investigate if it's a UFO sighting or if it's a Bigfoot sighting, it seems that these people are able to go out even just to see the spot again and then have an encounter. And that is so bizarre. Because most of the time, we might look into a sighting, show up to the place, but you never actually see something happen again in that same spot. Yeah. So for this to be a place where you can just travel on a random road, pull over on the side where someone saw a sighting, and then you see it too, that's incredible. I agree with you 100%. All right, why don't we talk about the next kind of area where some interesting things are happening. I want to talk about Digton Rock. There's this rock that was originally inside of the riverbed, and they pulled it out, and there was basically, like, petroglyphs on it is the best way to describe it. Kind of like all these symbols, all of these weird letters and drawings and scribblings and things like that. And to this day, nobody can really make sense of it. There's a lot of theories out there, and everyone has their own. There is a museum that it's housed inside of now. You can only go there by appointment. But it's a very interesting picture to look at. I looked at it because immediately I was like, all right, let me see if I can see some aliens or some Bigfoots Mm. or some shit on here, like, telling us what's going on. It's very confusing. Yeah. And there's, I, I can't look at it and just, like, name what something is. You know what I mean? There's on one side, it almost looks like a humanoid figure. And then on the other side, there's like two of them. They only look like humans from like the shoulders up and like the bottoms of them almost look very ghostly. Oh, so maybe they're whoever was writing on this was also experiencing ghosts, seeing apparitions. It's a huge possibility. It almost looks like there's a word there, but then it doesn't quite make sense. You know what I mean? It's definitely an interesting thing. I highly recommend you guys going and looking at pictures of it. See if you can make sense of it. I feel like it's almost one of those things like, you know, where psychiatrists hold up to you and they're like, what is this? What is this? (laughs) And like everyone's going to have a different opinion of what they see or what they think it says. But it's definitely interesting that in this rock bed in this area, there's this incredibly strange petroglyph rock. And it's not a small rock. This is like huge. huge. It's like car size kind of big. Where did this come from? What's the story? Why is there not more of this in other areas? 
I mean, we do know that the Native Americans were people who used petroglyphs. So is this from them? Is this from a later time? Like, what the hell is this? And how did it show up here? Didn't they pull it out of the water? Mm -hmm. That's even more strange. And the fact that no one can agree on who wrote it. Mm -hmm. I believe in that museum, there's different parts of the museum that's like, it could be these people, it mm -hmm. could be these people. It could predate all of that, and this is something that no one's ever seen before. Mm -hmm. And we have no idea. We have no idea. And a big reason why we don't have a big idea of it is because it's been sitting in a running water for a long time. So True. there are parts of it that aren't as visible as they were before. There's could be parts of it that are missing. Like, we have no genuine idea idea of what's happening here. All I can gather from this is that we need to go. Okay. I know we say this on a lot of episodes we when really we look do. into places, but I'm going to push this one above all the other ones. Okay, so me and you have been talking recently about how next year it's your big 30th birthday. Uh-huh. Why don't we go to Massachusetts? Hmm. She actually really likes this idea, but what she's concerned about is including everyone else in it and not just me and her. She's like, okay, I like this idea, but like, how do I turn this into my birthday party? Exactly. <laughs> I can see the wheels in her head turning right now. She's well, like, well, I've never seen Salem and I would love mm -hmm. to go. You Absolutely. Know? Yeah. That's where my great grandmother was born in Salem, Massachusetts, and that's deep family roots. I would love to figure all that out. Natural witches and shit. I think that's what we should start planning. Let's start a GoFundMe. I'm going to put up a GoFundMe. We're going to let it run for however long we can let it run for, a year from now. Let's see if we can get like 10 grand to go on this trip. Hmm. All right. All right. Well, maybe I can get my parents to fund it because they love Boston too. So I love Boston. That's where I would go. I would stay in Boston, but then also stay well, in the thing this is, area. Is that this area is only 30 miles south of Boston. Perfect. It's not far. Like it's literally a 45 minute drive. Then we're going. I think Boston is on the top of my favorite places I've ever been to. All right, Bree. So if we're going to fact our sci-fi, the Bridgewater Triangle, what would you give it? Fact. Fact. 100%. I'm with you. 100%. The fact that all these people are witnesses. I mean, you're talking billions of people. Even just take that aside. The history of this place is so fascinating. So incredibly fascinating to me. Anything with Native Americans is just their story, their background, the battle that it had, the impact that it did with our country, how we are, the horrible things we've done, the impacts it's made even to this day. There's so much energy around that. Just that type of energy alone, anything is possible in a place like that. All right, guys, let me just say happy motherfucking Thanksgiving. Happy motherfucking Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is not about this beautiful dinner that we all have. It's about just being thankful for everyone. We're super fucking thankful for all of our listeners. Absolutely. You guys mean the world to us. Like, you guys have no idea. Without you guys, we are just two weird girls talking in an attic. Pretty much. And we really, really want to thank all of our patrons this year. So we've decided to do something a little bit special for you guys. We've decided this year, for the holidays, we are making you guys a subscription style box. Now, you're not gonna get it every month, but I say subscription style so you guys get what I mean. It's a little box that's gonna come in the mail, there's gonna be tons of stuff inside of it. It's all gonna be alien themed and it's gonna be catered to things that me and Brie think you guys need in your life. Maybe crystals, maybe candles, maybe chocolate, maybe, you know, we don't know yet. Well, we do, but we're not gonna tell you. We're not gonna, gonna spill yeah. the beans, but it's gonna be a mixture of everything from the both of us, things that we both love, things that are inspiring, things that have to do with this podcast that we talk about mm -hmm. and it's going to be a way to give back to you guys because you guys mean the world to us we would not be able to do this without you and so this would be our way of giving back so we're we're talking directly to you guys we're talking to brandy daniel destiny dylan j plus matt bobby 
Simon, Spacey D, Vanessa, AP, Anthony, Jan, and our newest Patreon. I'm probably saying your name wrong and forgive me, but I believe it's Rise. Rise. You guys are going to be getting packages from us in the mail. We're probably going to be sending them out probably the beginning of December when I come back from my trip. I'm going to Mexico. So when I come back from Mexico, we'll be mailing all of these out so you guys will have them by Christmas. But we're telling you guys this far in advance because if you want to get in on this as well and maybe you're not a Patreon, right now is the time to go sign up. For as little as a dollar a month, you can support us and get this cool box in the mail for Christmas. So everyone has until December 1st to be our new patron. And then once the first happens, we're gonna cut it off. Anyone after that, unfortunately, isn't gonna get it. The reason we're putting a time limit on this too is because we have to buy all these things. And so we can't like in advance just buy like 500 things, you know what I mean? <laughs> and ship it all over the place. Exactly. So, Shipping's crazy around this time of year. Exactly. So if you guys wanna be in on this super cool club, get links to all of our like exclusive stuff that we put on there. Like there is a really funny video of me and Brie that we did for a little audition thing that we had going on. And the only people who have ever seen it is our Patreons. <laughs> and I actually asked her the other day, I cut 30 seconds out of it and I was gonna put on an Instagram and she was like, absolutely not, that's for the Patreons only. And I'm so upset cause it's really, really funny and I really wanna show it to like the whole entire world. But you guys gotta get on our Patreon, lock it in. All right, Brie, anything else you wanna say for this Thanksgiving uh, episode? Anything else? I just wanna say I love you guys so much. I hope you guys have a great time with your family or your friends or if you're working. I don't know, stop and go grab some ham and a potato or something. Just take a moment to just be grateful. Ham's gross. Please eat turkey. Oh, I ham only. Oh my god. Turkey only. We're gonna fight you. All right. We love you guys so much. Make sure you guys check us out on all of our social media bullshit and get in contact with us. Send us an email. DM us. Whatever you gotta do. Follow us on all the things you gotta follow us on. We love you all so much. Fuck you, Mountain View, California, and fuck you, Bobby. Love you guys. Good night.